This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for GoBundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today's guest, Ben Call, is a real estate investor, real estate agent, former Division I athlete and coach, uh, a father, a husband, and such a new GoBundance member. He's so new. He's keeping the tribe up at night crying. That's how young. he's. The umbilical was just cut. So welcome, Ben, to the show and welcome to GoBundance. Thanks, Jamie. I'm super excited to be here and kind of get my story out there. Yeah. As of we're recording this episode, I think you're about, what, three weeks in? I signed up for GoBundance about three weeks ago, and I literally had my onboarding call yesterday, so I haven't even filled out a GoPod application yet. I love it. Yeah. Brian Lubin, I know you talked to him coming in. He messaged me with you saying, hey, man, this guy'd be a great guest. So we got you signed up right away, and uh, I'm excited to dive in. So let's start there. We we touched a bit on your story before we started recording. Uh, give us your backstory. So go back. I mentioned Division One. You're in Minnesota now. Are you from Minnesota? Kind of give me the 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 you know the story of beginning through through now. Sure, no, absolutely. So sports have been my thing. I played multiple sports. Baseball and football were the biggest ones for me in high school. I knew that um, you know for me, if I was going to go to college and, and continue towards an academic path, I needed to play sports to kind of keep me on track. Sports encouraged me to get good grades, and I knew if I was going to go to college um, and get a degree, sports were going to kind of carry me there. And so as I got through high school, um, I realized that I was getting recruited more for football over baseball. And I knew if I was going to put my body through that physical grind, I needed to do at the highest level. So I got recruited from a few different schools and ended up walking on to Kansas State University uh, as a fullback. Um, eventually ended up earning a scholarship. And um, I got to play underneath Bill Snyder, who was a Hall of Fame coach. And yeah. uh, at one point, my senior year, we were the number one team in the country and we had a Heisman uh, runner up as our quarterback. And sports were literally everything to me. I, uh, Colin Klein is the, the Heisman candidate. Oh, you saw me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was trying to yeah. think back, like, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> got, it. So, got it. So sports were everything to me. I got a degree in kinesiology and was on my way to be a strength and conditioning coach and train people for the combine. And uh, after I graduated, I was actually hired as assistant recruiting coordinator. And I did that for about four years and got my master's degree uh, while I was coaching and ended up building a relationship and ended up getting married. And coaching at the division one level is a major challenge for families. I mean, my breakfast, lunch, dinner, laundry, weight room, everything was at our complex. So I was consistently working over 100 hours a week year round. And I just came home one night and my wife set her alarm and woke up to have dinner with me out of a box at 1130 at night. We just looked at each other and we're like, this is not at all what we had had planned and what we hope for our future family and kids. And this lifestyle is just not going to work. And so we spent a lot of time just kind of diving deep and trying to figure out what the heck that we're both going to do. And really, it was just completely random that one of my best friends uh, from Rochester, Minnesota, um, was in real estate as an agent and was starting to flip houses. So I was like, well, I'll get my real estate license and kind of hold me over until I find something in sports again. Mm. 
So we packed up our entire life in a 12-foot U-Haul, cashed out our bank account with less than $8,000 in it, and just moved to Minnesota and hopped into real estate Hmm. and uh, met a few people that kind of inspired me and pushed me. And, um, you know, what I thought was going to be a holdover job for me has turned into something that's been an absolute complete passion that doesn't even feel like a job. And I've been back in my hometown now about seven years. Um, My real estate team is consistently one of the top five teams within our Remax franchise of out of 48 offices and 1800 agents. And I've been able to kind of quietly build my own real estate portfolio of about just over $20 million. Wow, man. Amazing. Amazing. Good for you. A couple of things on that. So coaching is, uh, I'm, I'm sure in some ways you went into that because of the passion for you know, interacting with these guys and helping them, you know, get up to where they're trying to get and all that stuff. How do you scratch that itch today? Or do you? You know, that it's something that I think about a lot, you know, like the, the high of playing at that level and running out onto the field when you have the 3d cameras flying over you with ESPN, there, there really isn't a goosebump feeling like that running out onto the field to play the university of Texas. Right. And there's just not. So I'm constantly chasing that type of goosebump. And for me, you know, selling real estate, coming up with different deals for clients is an absolute blast. But for me, kind of chasing that high of what I had in sports was putting together very creative deals that um, you basically chase a deal. And if there's something exciting, I want to try to figure out how to deal it. So structuring creative deal is kind of what gives me that energy and goosebumps like I had in sports. Mm, I was going to ask, can you be satisfied at that level then? Like, are you, is this like, is it becoming an addiction, you know, acquiring these deals in real, you know, like, is it, is it, is there an end game? Is there a, a goal? Is it, is it ever going to be enough? Cause you're right. I can't imagine. Look, man, I ran a 5k that ended at the big house here at, in Ann Arbor. So I got yeah. to run into an empty field with a bunch of other people who were out of shape like me. Right. So that was cool. Really cool. I can't imagine w- running out of the tunnel like you said, playing Texas with 60, 70, 80,000 people screaming, the cameras, the lights, the whole nine, that's the high of highs. So can you be satisfied with what you're doing? Or is it going to be a constant chase? You have that fear that it's going to be a constant chase towards something that can't be duplicated. It, honestly, that's something my wife and I talk about that all the time. And, you know, it's something in real estate. You look at some of these agents that I'm surrounded by in my office that have been doing this for 50, 60, 70 years. And you're so reliant on your phone and commissions, and it's not a lifestyle that we wanted at all. Like once we finally have kids, I want to be a very present father. I want to be able to coach their sports. I don't want to be the dad in the outfield on my phone that's leaving to go sell a house. So our entire life that we're building is by design for freedom. And it's not about money and greed and just acquiring stuff to be super wealthy. It's about designing a life that we really want to live. And so to answer your question about chasing highs, for me, you know, if I can take $80,000 and turn it into $4.5 million by a creative deal, that gets me super excited. And it's like, how the hell did I just do that? <laughs> and imagine what I do with that $4.5 million to turn it into something else. Right. And so will I ever stop? I don't know. I'm having a ton of fun right now. And we've built a pretty incredible life thus far. Yeah. No, you definitely have. That's incredible. Okay. Um so right now you've got uh, 20 million in real estate. What does that portfolio look like? What's the mix of that? And, and so when we when we started, um, you know, everything was thinking extremely small. 
Mm-hmm. So our life, when I look back at some of the goals that we set in 2017, when we were starting this, our literally our goal for investing was to own three single family houses, because eventually that would pay for our kids' college. And so we had bought our first house uh, with 3% down uh, and we're fixing it up. And our plan was to kind of fix it up and then keep it as a rental and do the next one and do the next one. And about six months into buying our first house, an opportunity came about to buy a one and a half million dollar storage facility. Hmm. And so we didn't have the money to do that. And so um, I'd, I own a property management company. And one of the guys that I really looked up to and part of the biggest portfolio that I manage, um, we basically came together and said, how can we do this? And so we just went and figured out how to buy this deal without knowing anything about storage, nothing about the business, nothing about creative financing. And we just bought it and then instantly got scared. And I went back to investing in a single family housing. And so about a year later, another opportunity came up to buy two more storage facilities. And now we're looking at a $4 million purchase and neither myself or my storage partner could come up with that cash. So I got really intrigued on on creative financing, seller financing, contract for deeds, how to put less money down. And so we bought a $4 million storage portfolio uh, with less than 9% of our own money down. Hmm. And over a year's time, we were able to increase the value of that portfolio and do a cash out refinance. And at this point, we have less than 5% of our own money into that deal. Wow. What's the, what were the avenues to creative financing? A third partner come in, secondary debt? What did you do to, to, to get to only 9% down on that? Honestly, it was building a relationship with the prior owner. Um, Mm. This was a guy who was a contractor in storage. Um, He built storage across southeastern Minnesota. And so over a few years time, I built a phenomenal relationship with him and found out what was important to him when he transitioned to retire. And we realized that something important to him was giving to charity and letting his money grow over time. Mm. So we were able to basically do seller financing where he became the bank. So his $4 million turned into more because he was now the bank earning interest on all of the payments that we were making directly to him. Very cool. Very cool. Is that, and so now are, you're out of that, you paid him and you're, you still have less than 5% of your money in that deal. That's correct. awesome. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, correct. And so, so basically my, my portfolio this time consists of uh, storage, multifamily and triple net real estate. This is all Minnesota area? So it had been. And um, through this journey for me, I'm a guy that really lives in the moment and consistently thinking about the future to continue to chase, chase, chase. And um, I hired Joe Moffat at Jason Dries Coaching back in January. Yeah. And uh, he is a guy who has pushed me beyond anything that I could have ever fathomed. And I add value in the properties that we own because of my ability to manage the property and operate the property and create an immense value from those. And so one of the limiting beliefs that I had had is that I needed to be the boots on the ground guy. I needed to be painting my apartments. I needed to be changing the springs in the garage doors. I needed to be plowing snow. And so Joe encouraged me to try to buy a property outside of the state where I could easily drive if something goes wrong. So last December, I bought my first property down in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I'm currently scheduled to close on a deal in Kansas about uh, an hour and a half from where I went to college. And it's forcing me to adapt and think bigger so I can scale. All right. 
I want to dive into this because we share this coaching program. You have Jill Moffat, I have Jason, uh, Jason Dries. So, um, and, and there's some things that you talked about that I want to touch back on that I think relate. So we'll dive in there for a second. But going back on one thing, you said after you bought this one and a half million dollar self-storage deal, you got scared and went back to single family. Why? Was there something that happened or was it just all in your head? No, it, it, it's, it's a really great question. It was basically that my wife and I, when we gave up coaching and everything that, or co- co- college coaching football, um, we basically gave up everything and moved back here. And being a commission-based real estate agent, you have no idea when you're going to get a paycheck when you get started. And so we designed our life um, that every dollar I earned in my first couple of years of real estate, we would put in a savings account. And then we wouldn't touch that until the following year. So I knew how much I could pay myself a salary and invest in real estate. Mm -hmm. So when we bought this first deal, essentially, we had drained our entire savings account to kind of go all in on the storage facility. So essentially, we were scared. And the plan between myself and my partner was to not take a penny out of this deal because of how big of an investment it was for both of us. And so really, I wanted to go back and and kind of step back into what I knew and where I felt comfortable. Any regrets on that? Not at all. That property today is worth $4.7 million. No, I don't mean that. I I mean, going back to single family after that. Like if you had to go back and tell that person, would you say, dude, next one, 2.5, 3.5, you know, whatever it might be, would you go bigger and bigger if you gave yourself advice back then? Or was it the right move? You drained your coffers, you're using the cash flow from this first large property that you purchased to re re uh, uh, fill your coffers, right? So yeah, no, I really feel good. It was the right move to go back to single family. Or would you go back and say, I should have went bigger after that? If, I mean, I think the, the honest answer is yes, I should have gone bigger immediately because we learned what we were doing really quickly. But for me, it also helped me kind of pivot in my actual real estate day-to-day business. Because yeah. what it did is I instantly jumped back into real estate uh, in single family investing. And as, as an agent, now people knew that I was also an investor. And so I decided quickly after I got a couple more single family houses that I needed to get out of that asset type because I didn't want my clients thinking that I was cherry picking the best single family deals. And then what I also saw, so that was number one is the reason I got out of single family. But number two is the most important one that I finally realized after we stabilized that first storage facility is that True cash flow, wealth creation, and tax strategies, like all of the big things to create freedom, are all done through commercial real estate. And buying a single family house and cash flowing $150 to $300 a month does nothing for me until I'm 60. And there's no difference, you know, in, in investing in a SEP or a, or a Roth or something else. And I knew I didn't want to be a commission based agent until I'm 60. Mm. Okay, I get that. Um... Okay, let's dive into, uh, oh, actually, I was going to ask your wife. So what does your wife do? Because I love the idea that you saved all of your commission for a year and then like established a salary. What does your wife do for a living? So she has a, a degree in microbiology and was on track to be a virologist. Basically. She's smart. She's really yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, all right. and so when, when I got out of college coaching, uh, she moved into event management and now she's a project manager at the Mayo Clinic. Got it. So you rammed your head into giant men on the other side of the line to open holes. And she has the brains. Yeah. Essentially, I ran into people and drank Advil. 
I love it. All right, cool. Let's go to uh, the mindset piece. You, you mentioned Joe Moffat, Jason Drees. Jason's a GoBundance guy, and uh, and uh, you know he's established a hell of a coaching business. He's got some great clients uh, in his history, obviously. So he's well known in our circles. Uh, he and his teachings, his coaching style, or whatever, well known in our circles. You mentioned what you got from Joe as far as a direct challenge. Hey, expand your your reach, go to other markets, get out of your comfort zone. At a high level, or at a at a I don't know at a mindset level, are there are there one or two takeaways that you've had in your time coaching with Joe that lead to that? Like the tactical is you're investing out of state, but what are some I don't know some higher higher level or concepts that sort of resonate from the coaching you've had so far with Joe? If you don't mind sharing that, because there's something in your past that is interesting to me. I wonder if it anyway. Go for it. It, it you know I think that about that a lot, and I I take very good notes between every coaching call and I review every single one of them for the couple months that I've been doing this now prior to my next one with Joe. And I think that I've played things really, really safe and conservatively. And every goal that I set for myself now in real estate investing is very attainable. I don't want to go bankrupt. I want to be able to sleep at night. I want all of my investments to perform really well. So everything's been attainable and very conservative. And now Joe is helping me coach through that kind of fear mindset that I've lived in, in order to set much larger goals for myself in how to get into larger properties and larger business opportunities while also playing it safe so I can sleep well at night and raise a family without thinking everything's going to crash and burn. And so to answer your question, it's really about thinking a little bit bigger but how to also protect myself because that's so important for me and all, like and all my business partners, investors that are along with me. I like that, man. Yeah. When you moved with $8,000, right? It's like the way you described it was like, ah, all right, let's do it, right? Let's just kind of go. It was sort of following this intuitive guidance system that you have, right? The mm-hmm. same thing with uh, this one and a half million dollar property, like, well, how can I get it? And then you figured out creative ways to kind of take that down. And then later the formula, I think it was $4 million property, the second one. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, four million dollars self storage unit, right? That you got nine percent of your money in, and all of that stuff. It's it's interesting I, as I hear you, and I'm in this space, and I'm learning myself about this idea of sort of getting in alignment with what what you know to be the next best thing, not what you think is the next best thing, but what you know to be the next best thing, and how that pays off. And when I track back in my life and think about the things that you look at now and say, I don't know how I had the balls to do that, right? But you did, and it worked really, really well for you. It's sort of that concept and being intentional about it. So for you, it was, I'm going to stop coaching the thing I know, the thing I studied, kinesiology to kind of apply to my coaching career. I'm going to take this eight grand, which at the time is probably a lot of money, but now you know, like that's not a ton to you know, kind of have, and then just move and start selling real estate, right? Like you made this sort of on the fly decision, if you will, but it was the right next step for you, right? It was your intuition that you were following. So is that something that like, that's what I'm learning now is, man, you know what? Listen to yourself. Listen to what it is that you think is the next best move. Is that something that you're getting from this? That's something that you're starting to do, or are you are you like still in the thinking mind as you as you move forward? That I'm my I didn't need to hire a coach to think big. My brain is always thinking bigger and bigger and bigger. And how can I buy this? How can I become a contractor? How can I be a developer? How can I start a management company? And my wife just laughs at me every single time and tries to like bring me back in. So I'm not stretched, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep. I'd like to be the opposite. And and so I'm right now, I'm really focused on getting laser focused on the things that I really enjoy within the businesses that I've created. And right now it's, it's, it's creating freedom. 
And, and like I said, Joe's pushed me to be a little bit more vocal and, and out there about my journey because it's, it's truly created financial freedom for my wife and I. And, and Joe's really pushed me to now become vocal about it to inspire others because, you know, I was a guy that coached college football, has a degree in kinesiology, and, and now I could retire for the rest of my life. And there's so many people who want to do that, but are so afraid to take one of those opportunities. And if it's investing into a single family house to get your feet wet, to kind of figure out how, you know, a balance sheet works or income and expense and how to get loans, go buy a single family house and get started. But you can get, you can grow much quicker than you ever think you could. Yeah, no, no doubt. How did you find GoBundance? What led to the journey of saying, you know what, I'm going to give this, this GoBundance thing a shot? You know, so coaching was a big step for me just because I was so focused on on my my businesses of of selling real estate and property management now investing. Um, every winter, my wife and I go up to my family cabin and she goes to a women's cross country ski clinic and I lock myself in the cabin for two days and and essentially review the past year and set goals for the upcoming year. And then my wife comes home and we kind of go through everything together and she really pushes me to what's next. And so this year, I've I've never spent a dollar on personal growth, coaching, real estate conferences. So this year, I knew I wanted to hire a coach and go to my first real estate conference. And I have a couple of clients that I've sold commercial real estate to uh, that have been to conferences, hired Jason Drees Coaching, and are in GoBundance. So I said, well, they're successful. I know them. I'll do it too. Got it. You uh, you built a sizable portfolio. You have the the uh, the passive income. It sounds like to cover your your life's expenses at this point. And you talked about. I think I might have said father at the beginning. You talk about you know the future. It has kids and and everything else. Uh, as we're recording this, you know, mid July, and this will release probably late August or or maybe even into September. Um, what are you looking at as the owner of a large portfolio? What are you looking at? How are you trying to uh, ensure that whatever correction change you know, whatever might be in the market uh, isn't going to negatively impact you or even more, maybe more pointedly, how you take advantage or seize the opportunity. So what are you doing in preparation for a potential downturn in the market? You know, part of that is the team that I've built over the last couple of years and not a team in the sense that my employees or my partners, but in order to get comfortable with owning a portfolio and guaranteeing $20 million alone, um, you know, by myself, that's, that's a lot. And so part of this is I've built phenomenal relationships with lenders. I have one of the best um, accountants that his niche is real estate in the state of Minnesota, and I have a phenomenal attorney. And so really, I meet with these guys and talk to them weekly about all of the questions about potential recession, how to you know protect myself, all my partners. And so within the last six months, I actually um, grew a new partnership and we've started a private equity firm. And now um, essentially it's you know syndications and we're buying properties. And one of the things that we're doing to protect ourselves is when we review a deal, we really wanna you know, run a risk analysis in a multitude of different scenarios that you know if we go to refinance, uh, interest rates are going to be two or three points higher. Um, when we go to refinance, cap rates have increased, not decreased. Um, we're overfunding reserve accounts. So that way we can, uh, you know, if tenants happen to leave, uh, we can get through all these different scenarios that are coming up. So we're just being really conservative right now. And, you know, ultimately, I'd love to do five more deals by the end of this year. 
but we're being really selective to ensure that our deals are going to perform really well. And we're still going to be able to give distributions to all our partners and investors that are with us. Makes sense. The, uh, the, the, it's interesting to hear, fun to hear in your story, how you consistently challenge yourself to go out of your comfort zone. So, you know, it started with, uh, with, you know, getting into real estate and then buying that one and a half million dollar property and then the four million and creative financing and, uh, and now with Joe, you know, putting your story out there and investing in other markets and just expanding and growing and sharing what you're doing. So where right now do you think is the next place that you need to get uncomfortable? What right now is, is maybe, you know, the most, the most, uh, the thing that you feel like about you that you're like, oh, man, I, I haven't stretched myself far enough in this area, any part of life. I think for me, it's just continuing to tell my story. And, and I was, you know, coaching is also accountability. Um, and, and he's the one who's pushed me to get more. I mean, I look at my, um, my Instagram and a couple of my last posts were back from when I was coaching college football almost 10 years ago, you know, so I I'm, I'm currently creating a website. I'm trying to post a little bit more on Instagram and Facebook and, and tell my story out here. So where I need to get uncomfortable is just to be able to talk about finances and investing and setting yourself up for the future amongst all the peers and my parents, my brothers, my sisters, my clients. And for me, I think one of the big things is I've been so quiet and I, I like to say humble about my journey is that now I really want to get out there to inspire other people to achieve financial freedom and have the ability to retire in their 30s. Did you have fear of judgment previously or was it just not your style? Like what, what was it that kept you maybe from doing this that, that you've you know, talked about with Joe maybe? Judgment is the word. You know, most, most the thing that really excites me, I mean, I, I've had one call with somebody in GoBundance, but to be able to surround yourself with people that are comfortable talking about these things, yeah. opposed to being judged in your community about just being an investor, being a landlord and just being greedy and wanting to take advantage and make more money. It's just a totally different mindset that kind of gets me excited to get into a community like Abundance. Yeah. Well, now you've had two conversations. The only difference is this one we're sharing with thousands of people. So that'll, uh, that'll, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll get you to start to tell the story. That's right. That'll get your message out there. No doubt about it. Um, okay. So tell me a little bit more about family, you and your wife, you, you're, you're financially free at this point. You don't have to do anything. What is it that you're doing? If anything, that's maybe, uh, uh, in, in prioritizing or, or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, how do you how do you take all this success and you know the drive and ambition that you have and keep balance with the relationship so i we i joke with my wife all the time and that she is not she's indirectly involved with absolutely everything that i do in all my businesses and the title that i give her is a cco and a chief cheerleading officer and uh and and so we she kind of coaches me up through everything and one of the things that we do is we set goals every quarter. We talk a lot. And one of the first books that she bought me when I got started in this, uh, well, a couple of them, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Start With Why in Millionaire, Millionaire Next Door. Mm. And one of the key quotes that we've kind of lived our life by is don't let your lifestyle creep until your passive income can support it. So every time that we rebudget and kind of set our goals, we think about some of those material things that we would like. And right now we have a conversation around a pontoon and we love the lake. We love being outside. We love nature. But right now I just can't wrap my head around buying a pontoon. So what we've done is we've taken that money and reallocated it to a travel budget. 
So now we're trying to take these little mini retreats or mini vacations uh, to spend time with each other and kind of get away and reset. And one of the things that we've been completely passionate about since our honeymoon was scuba diving. And so a lot of our trips right now are, are kind of surrounded about scuba diving and where we can go do that. Very cool. Excellent. I like that, man. That's amazing. Um, you mentioned kids. They're in the in the future, in the picture. I was just kind of curious what you're what you and your wife are planning, thinking, what does that look like? Yeah. So right right now, I mean, I'm 32 years old. She's a couple of years younger than I am. Um, we love uh we love traveling, we love building these businesses that we've done, but kids are absolutely in our future. And there's nothing more than I want to be able to, you know, coach my kids sports and spend time with them and give back to my kids, just like my parents were able to do for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We were, I was, uh, I was 30 when I got married and we waited five years and we actually weren't even sure we were going to. It was like, ah, if we don't, we don't. But that five years was excellent. How long have you been married at this point? Uh, seven years. Seven years. Yeah. So you're, you know, enjoying that initial time together where it's just the two of you, right? Because kids... Yeah, they make it interesting. They make it really interesting. That's for sure. Uh, one of the guys in the group, Aaron Velke, uh, just had his first son. And, and that was the first question, like, how are you sleeping? He's like, nah, not good. Not good, man. <laughs> so it's a, it's a new level. It's a new level of life. Okay. Let's go. Let's talk about some of the other gardens uh, real quick. Like, I, I don't expect that you have a one sheet at this point, but let's just kind of tackle them. So we've talked about on the financial side, you've got this $20 million in, in assets. Obviously, there's leverage against that. That's not your net worth, but um, but still, like, it's a sizable portfolio that you own at this point. Um, let's go over to to health and fitness. So you've got this history, this background. Where are you with that? How do you, How would you rate it? And what are some of the things that you're doing to, if anything, to prioritize it? That's... That's a really good question. So obviously playing division one sports and coaching at that level, when we, when we left Kansas state, we were in the best shape that we'd ever been in our life. And honestly, I was burnt out from the weight room. I was burnt out from, you know, being there at five 30 in the morning to lift weights and push my body to the brink. And so when we came back, we tried to get into lifelong sports and things that just didn't beat my body up. And so one of the big goals that I accomplished last year is my right, my wife was a runner and I ran five yards at a time. So big, big difference. And so last year I ran a full marathon with my wife. Um, and so taking a, a body like mine to run a marathon is not something that typically happens. Um, but it was a major accomplishment for me and kind of what we're transitioning our, our health and fitness into. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. We had a guy on a couple of weeks ago, Anthony Trucks. He played in the NFL for a couple of years and he was an American ninja warrior. And he was explaining like the size he is, like that's not easy, right? Like at, at the size you when you're a bigger guy, like, yeah, he's in great shape. I mean, he's a physical guy, but that American Ninja Warrior course for him, like a marathon, right? Like that's not for a big bodied person to kind of do. So it takes that much more effort. So kudos to you, man. You can join yeah. the triathletes micro tribe, dive in and uh, and start doing that stuff now, swimming and uh, that was uh, that it that actually excited me a lot more than running a marathon and so we'd go to the gym and my wife was a lifeguard and she'd try you know I can swim but I can't swim laps and distances and we tried and tried and tried and I realized that's not for me love it so you're 3 weeks in I thought we I wrote this down if you're cool with it if we have a little time to do this um because I think it's a good uh, a good um look if I were just talking to you I would say hey man how can I help like you're just joining just coming in haven't had a pod yet like what what questions do you have as a newer member that I can help with? Maybe is there anything on your mind coming into GoBundance where where you're like, yeah, what happens here? How does this work? How does that work that I can help with at all? 
You know, I think, I think for me, the thing that gets me most excited is surrounding myself with people who have the same mindset and that's just, you know, growing real estate foils, creating businesses, but also just kind of creating a lifestyle that you truly want to live. And it's not creating a lifestyle that Jamie has created for him and his family. It's creating the lifestyle that I want. Mm -hmm. So finding people to continue to inspire me to kind of chase those things that I truly want, truly keep me happy is what I look forward to the most. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, I love that. And I think you're joining, honestly, at the perfect time, you know, meaning, uh, we are about to change. Uh, we are about to see a change in the way things have been. Like in the last five years, throw a rock, it makes money, right? Like no matter what you do, I'm a, I'm a brilliant real estate investor in the last five years because anything you touch goes up, you know, same with the markets, crypto, everything's been going so well. And honestly, when, when COVID happened, um, cause I've been a member for three and a half years now. So when COVID happened, we did this whole navigating the ship series where we talked a lot about, okay, what could be, how do you protect yourself? What should you do? What shouldn't you do? And, you know, we had, uh, experts come in and do all the, the stuff we're doing now with navigating choppy waters, right? Kind of very similar, similar, uh, uh, series. And it was, it was the most valuable time for me in being in GoBundance. So to me, like when you're coming in now, when it's going to be trying and challenging. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who go into fear mode and scarcity mode in our regular network. Like this is the place to be. We, we just had our local chapter meeting yesterday here in Michigan. And, uh, it was, if you go around the room, especially the guys that are, uh, say are higher up on the food chain from a financial perspective, like higher net worth, big businesses, they own all of that stuff. The one word that I heard from each and every one of them is I'm doubling down. I'm aggressive, right? Going into this. Whereas there's a lot of people saying, no, I'm drawn back slash and burn. I mean, you got to be smart, but, um, but I, yeah, I think, I think you're coming in at the right time. And then I always say, try to get to an event, at least one in a year, um, just so you can press the flesh and get around guys that you might not normally see in your pod or micro tribe or whatever the case may be. But, um, yeah, it is, it is interesting. It's the thing that you can't quantify when you walk into a room with, you know, whatever, 200 other guys that are entrepreneurial, you know, they have a certain standard in their life, net worth wise and, and lifestyle wise, potentially. Uh, and all they want is to be able to relate to other guys on on where they are in life because they don't have that in their regular life. The annoying part is you can't get past the first two guys because you're going to go so freaking deep so quick and just be open and vulnerable, like sharing with people, these people that you maybe just met in ways that you haven't shared with people in your regular life. That's the hard part because I want to meet all these people. But um, I think that, uh, I think you'll get a lot of value out of it. If you, if you, you know, the pod dive into the micro tribes, you're like, you said, Luther's all over you already. Luther Hagen, he, yeah, he's been calling exactly. you every day. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the local chapter is great. And then yeah, you get to an event and it just sort of pours rocket fuel on it. So welcome to you, my friend. Glad to have you. Thank you. Let's do a, uh, a wrap up here with the abundance card game. I like this question. So in 40 years, in 40 years, what will people be nostalgic for? Me or just people in general? Yeah. What do you think? What's society going to look back on 40 years from now and say, remember when? That's a great question. <laughs> I, think, I think about this a lot because I look through different generations and yeah. what is the biggest one thing that has changed their generation over time? And I think that, you know, me being 32, my generation as we grow is going to be some of the biggest changes in, in mankind with the technology, meta and all these different things. It's going to be unbelievable where we're going to be in 30 or 40 years. Yeah. So I think it's all going to be surrounded about technology and AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, I, I, that's a great point. When you think about, you know, 
the reality is, you know, we, we have this thing about like people need to, you know, people don't do this anymore. It's like, that's the, what we're comfortable. We're comfortable interacting virtually, especially in COVID, right? We're comfortable interacting virtually. Uh, we're comfortably interacting, comfort, becoming comfortable interacting in, in the metaverse, like you mentioned. So I think we'll be nostalgic for like, you remember when we used to go somewhere together as opposed to just doing it like in a virtual room or whatever the case may be. So I think that's likely what we'll say in 30 or 40 years. And, and I think about that and I can relate that to my property management company, because when you screen people, you know, you do background checks, you do credit scores, job verification, but you just hop on their social media and you can learn more about that person in about 30 seconds than any other way you screen a tenant. True. And, and so, you know, when I was younger and it's like, we had MySpace, you know, and AIM and AOL and all those things. And like, it's just going to be interesting to see where things go in the next few years. No doubt. No doubt. Great stuff. Well, you are putting yourself out there. So let's put your, uh, your handle out there. Where do you want folks to, to learn more about you, follow you, whatever it might be? What information you want to leave with everybody? Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Ben underscore call, which is K-A-L-L or like phone call with a K. Uh, or you can email me at Ben at LegacyCompaniesMN.com. Love it. I, do, by the way, is your marketing have anything to do with call Ben or something like that or no? No, I used to come try to come up with these creative little pitches and I'm just not a gimmicky person. So I couldn't find anything to to kind of match. So if you can come up with something creative, I'm happy to run with it. It's too easy, right? It's too obvious. It's just too, yeah, I'm with you. Like it's if it were anything else, you could maybe squeeze it in, but it's just like, you know, it's too simple. So smart, yeah. smart move, smart move not doing it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great connecting with you, Ben. I appreciate you being on. Thanks for coming on the show and hope to see you at a future event. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Jamie. Well, that's it for this episode, but be sure you subscribe for future episodes. Give us a rating and review as well. It just helps us grow the podcast, grow the reach, and give as much value as we can to you on a week-to-week basis. Be sure to go over and check out GoBundance.com while you're at it. Check out Emerge if you're a future millionaire, our elite division if you're in that $1 to $5 million range, or our champion division at $5 million plus. Or on the women's side, GoBundance Women is available for all of you to join an amazing group of millionaire entrepreneurial women. And if you haven't already, jump on tribeofmillionaires.com and order the book that is the namesake of this podcast. And you'll learn all about what this whole GoBundance thing is, what masterminds are about, and the power of community, accountability, connection, and all of that as you pursue your goals. Thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you soon. 